Love Talk Radio. Welcome to the Pet Psychic Radio Show. Unfortunately, we are not live today, but we will be live next week, August 18th. So please call in uh, for answering live questions. And um, this week we're going to listen to an episode, our first episode that Laura and I did earlier this year. So check it out, enjoy it, and uh, contact us at thepetpsychic at gmail.com or you can go to thepetpsychic.com. That's thepetpsychic.com. And we're so sorry we're unable to take phone calls this week, but please check us out next week, August 18th, 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Welcome to the Pet Psychic Radio Show. This week's show is pre-recorded. We will not be taking any live phone calls. For more information on the Pet Psychic, Laura Stinchfield, find us at thepetpsychic.com. That's www.thepetpsychic.com. Welcome to the first episode of Pet Psychic Radio. I'm your host, Laura Seafield, the Pet Psychic, and I'm here with... I'm Isa Sahara, show producer, and today we're going to talk about rescued pets. And what their lives were like before they were adopted into their current families. We're going to get on the line. Jackie Cox with Mr. Hudson and Bailey. Hi, Jackie. <laughs> um, okay, so Jackie, who would you like to start with first? Because... As you probably know that we're talking to animals about um, about their rescued life and what their uh-huh. life was like before their new people. So let's start with Mr. Hudson. Okay, great. So can you tell us a little bit about Mr. Hudson and, and um, how you got him and what you know about him before? Sure. Um, I don't know if you remember Nikki Branch from Falcon Ridge Equine Rescue. Oh, yeah, I sure do. I sure right. do. Right, she said to tell you hi. And um, I live down in what is called Shelter Valley, which is a, a, a valley below Julian, California. She called me and asked me if I could go check on a horse. So I went over to what is called Harrison Park, another area of Julian, and saw this big, beautiful horse, um, extremely emaciated. And oh. I told her, I will bring him home. And we end up keeping him. Oh, wow. We fell in love with him. Apparently, he was rescued from someone else by this woman, and this woman was losing her home and had to find homes for her horses. And I don't think she knew a whole lot about feeding, and she was just feeding him a bucket of pellets. And when I asked her to bring the horse out so I could see him move, the first thing he did was put his head down and start eating the grass. And that just tells me there's nothing wrong with this horse other than he's not being fed enough. Mm. What kind of horse is he? Well, you know, um, he looks like a big uh, appendix um, quarter horse and thoroughbred cross. Very tall. Supposedly had a history of jumping. uh, Was after, I guess, his jumping career was owned by a tweaker, uh, a druggie. And this hmm. woman rescued him uh, from this drug- druggie. And then, in turn, um, we took her 
took him from her, promising that we would give him a good home or see that he got a good home. And uh, for the first 24, 48 hours, all this boy did was eat. Wow. And just for our listeners, um, talk a little bit about, like, his coloring and his markings. Okay. He's uh, kind of a, a roan. Uh, he's got uh, a reddish color, um, some of the uh, white or gray mixed in with it to kind of roan him out. And uh, he's got uh, four white stockings. He's got a white blaze. And just... A love. Oh. He's probably about 16 hands. Wow, so that's big for a horse, right? That is big. That is big. Well, for an appendix, that's, that can be pretty normal. Um, but and, and having had a history of, uh, uh, and we're not sure how much is accurate, but he jumped. This horse even runs collected, uh, holding his head in. He's been trained. We don't yeah. know for what. But we can, I can tell that this horse has some training behind him. Okay, great. I'm going to get a hold of him and okay. uh, tell him that, I'm, tell him that um, I'm online and he's on the radio. And I had told him yesterday when he was getting his feet. Now, Laura's going to call and talk to you, so please talk to her. <laughs> oh, good. Um, and so I might chat with you a little bit while I talk to him, and then when I come back, sure. I'll let you know what you said. Okay, we will do. I'm sorry, what was, the, what was the horse's name again? Mr. Hudson. Oh, Mr. Hudson. They were calling him Big Red, and uh, we have a way of just naming horses, and we had watched a series called Upstairs, Downstairs. It's an uh, English uh, show, and the downstairs people are the, the, the uh, servants and stuff, and Mr. Hudson was the butler. And oh. so we just <laughs> fell in love with Mr. Hudson, and he loves his name. Oh, At least I think he does. <laughs> that's great. That's great. Yeah, he's a sweetheart. He's he's just a love. You guys have a ranch at your home, or? Well, we have two and a half acres, and <laughs> we're in the high desert, and uh, so we had our our regular our our two horses that we had. Then we rescued um, Bailey, and then we rescued Mr. Hudson. Then we adopted um, uh, Ashley from Falcon Ridge, and then we're fostering a horse for Falcon Ridge. So we've got six horses here. Oh, wow. Five of them live in the pasture. Bailey, who doesn't know that she's a horse, I guess, because she doesn't like the other horses, has her own condo. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but Mr. Hudson, you know, he's he's kind of like the poor little low man on the po- totem pole outside there. But he gets along, and, and oh. you know, he, he does really well. And I think he's happy here. Okay. So um, he said, you know what I used to what I used to do is I used to be a performing horse. I used to do oh. many different competitions. I had a really pretty form, but I hurt my knee, my back right knee. Have you ever noticed oh. that anything about yes. his back right? Well, they were telling us they thought he had a, a back leg injury, and I've never noticed any um, you know, bad steps or anything. But we did find that in one hoof, the frog had completely recessed up into the foot. Oh, wow. He said, I did jump, but I liked the pretty work around the arena, the back. Okay, okay. That's probably dressage, right? I would think so. The way this horse moves, yeah, I would think so. And he says, you know what? My people always loved me. I had nice children on me, and I always had people who took good care of me. So he looked. 
he was a horse that did high level competition, but he was also a very safe horse that the people who that kids that were beginning, like teenagers that were beginning, were allowed up on him. Oh, that's great um, to know. Yeah, really, kind of, like almost one of those bomb proof horses. Oh um, boy, that's awesome. He says, when I got sick at the woman's house, I felt like I had bad worms. Really? We did have him tested, and, and uh, everything came out clear, so we must have gotten Good. everything passed. Good. Probably the starvation feels like worms. We're like, That's... you're getting eaten up inside of you. Yes. Um, yes. And he says, I've never had anyone abuse me, ever. So he's saying oh, he's good. always had really good treatment. And oh, he says, I, I don't have any resentment. So meaning that he doesn't have any resentment to the woman that starved him. Uh-huh. And um, he says, the people who take care of me now don't care if I'm pretty or not. They cut me <laughs> off. He is pretty. He is pretty. He <laughs> is pretty. He says that you guys also come down just to watch the horses. We do. That's funny. We do. Oh, this is awesome. This is awesome. He says, my knee sometimes gets stuck, kind of like maybe you've got a little arthritis in there because, like, it rubs. And okay. And then he says, my shoulder blades sometimes hurt, but I'm okay. He's very stoic. Does, yes. Yes, he is. Stoic. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. Ask, yeah. Would you ask him if he would mind being ridden again? He says, I'm scared <laughs> the weight will hurt my knee. No problem. He's, like, he's up for trying it. And he said, the man should learn on me. That's someone, there, do you know who that is? No. No. Is it like a husband of yours or something? No. No, no. There's just Irene and myself here. Because it um, sounds like there's a man who um, doesn't ride very often, or maybe never even. Maybe he's a neighbor. I wonder if it's, I work well, for the sheriff's department, that's and it might be my lieutenant who's just oh, learning maybe. to ride. Yeah, he's, he's never met him. He's friends with my mom. That could be my lieutenant, yeah. I'll have to tell him that. That's funny. <laughs> uh, we got Bailey also, oh, right, yeah. to talk about Yeah, now ba- Bailey, um, she was our first rescue. Uh, Nikki from Falcon Ridge Equine Rescue called me, said, can you go down and check on this horse? A neighbor had apparently found this horse like a month prior to our getting her tied to a fence at their house. They're apparently known for taking in horses. Uh, they're not a well-to-do family, so they really couldn't keep her. She was extremely emaciated, and so, of course, I walked her back to my place. Uh, my girlfriend followed me in the car, so I walked her back the two miles to bring her here, and this horse kept getting behind me and pushing me forward, as if to say, I know there's food where I'm going. And so we've had her ever since. Bailey, I believe, is a Arab. Mm-hmm. Uh, little female, um, probably about 14-3. She is a beautiful true bay, meaning she's brown with black stockings and black tail, black mane. She uh, had a horrible uh, weight on a uh, scale of 1 to 10 as far as the vet, um, 1 being uh, almost dead. She was a 3, uh, 10 being extremely good. And um, she was about 400 pounds underweight when we got her. Her feet, I'll tell you, somebody actually did start her out well. Her feet were in beautiful shape. Um, and, again, she's one of our barefoot horses. 
and uh, she's just a love. She fell in love with Irene, and Irene can put a string around her neck and take her anywhere. And uh, but we're not sure about her history. Yeah, it's not so good. Uh oh. Not so good at all. She says, "I want to say that I have a burning in my stomach after I eat, and it hurts when I poop." Okay. Okay. Also, my neck is really sore. Oh. She had cowboys that used to tie my leg. I had cowboys that used to tie my legs. Oh no. I lived with donkeys. I lived with a lot of donkeys and mules. People who had me didn't believe in washing me often. I like bathed and to be very clean. And I okay. don't like furs that hurt me. Oh, so, my God. Then when you were telling that story about her pushing her pushing you home, she says, the uh-huh. reason why I do that is I did that with the donkeys all the time. I know how to move you well. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't moving fast enough for her, I guess. Like it almost looks yeah. like she took her packing or something. Really? What, where did she come from? Did she come from like a Western facility? You know, um, we're not sure. Um, my my guess was that she was probably owned by a woman and kept as a backyard pet. I, I try and lunge her, and she runs towards me. Um, I don't know what training she has. It's irrelevant now because we just want her to live the rest of her life yeah. comfortable and happy. Never had- Lunging and stuff. She looks like they had that old school, like they they, they tied her. Oh and my I, God! You're out in rugged terrain. I don't see her in an arena at all. And she okay. says, "No one ever loved me. No one loved me before this place." <laughs> oh, thank God. Oh, she is extremely know. well loved. She, she's lovable now. Mm-hmm. Did you ask her about uh, her life now? She said she likes stroking on my face. I like stroking on my face. Yeah, she does. Yeah, she, she does. does. Will you, oh, Laura, will you ask her if she wants to say anything to her parents? Yeah. Oh, my God. She sounds like a character. Oh, she is a character. She is so funny. Um, She said, my life now is like a window into beauty. When I look at oh. it, I'm really surprised at how good it looks. Oh. It's like almost... Almost like at first, it was so good that it was like she felt detached from it. Like she was watching it. Uh-huh. And now she feels more connected to her life with you. But, but at first, it was like, is this really real? It's like she kind of stood back and just watched what was going on. Yes, that makes so much sense. <laughs> he oh, said, my gosh. Um, my bottom teeth are fine when I eat apples, but not if I eat the hard treats. Okay. I think what she's she's saying is that oh yeah she says the hard treats get stuck like I have stuck things in there. That and makes so sense. It's almost like maybe there are crevices are in there. Or it almost reminds me of like eating peanut butter. Oh, for heaven's sakes! Yes, yes. Um, she apparently had an injury, or she was born this way. Her bottom four teeth to the right stick out, and they actually lay outward, and the top teeth to match it, are missing. So we don't know if she was injured as a, a baby um, or if she was born this way. She has no trouble eating. She has picked up weight. She is ideal now. She said she was jerked around so they fell out. <sighs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. See, they tied her with her, with her halter on and yes. she was pulling away. Yes, and the horses do that. 
and she's good enough I can put my finger in there and pull this stuff out. So we'll make sure that she gets uh, softer treats, and the carrots probably are a little difficult for her, but but she um, she loves her treats, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> I think she's, she's putting in there, she likes the apple. Okay, okay well, make yeah, sure she gets apple. Softer. Yeah, that's. <laughs> That's funny. That's why she's been turning down the carrots. They're not having yeah, they she really. Want them so much. Yeah, she doesn't want them so much. Okay. Oh, great! Thank you guys so much for talking oh, to us. Thank you both so much. This has thank been you. so exciting. And oh gosh, Laura, I'll be in touch. We've got four more to talk to. <laughs> oh, great! I'm looking forward to it. All right. Thank you, ladies, so much. God thank bless you. you and have a wonderful day. You too. Bye bye. Bye bye. That was great. That was great. I know. And two completely different stories. Mm-hmm. Two totally different kinds of horses, like personality-wise and everything. Oh, that cool. Was that was really cool. I mean, I didn't know. I don't know much about horse rescue. I don't know anything about horses. Do you, I mean, you seem to know some something about horses. Can you tell me? about horse rescue and you know maybe we should call nikki and ask nikki to explain it to us okay well let's do that um we'll call her one of the main things i think is that's really important when we rescue an animal is to know that there is a time period from when they come into our homes um where once they start to feel safe um they can have all sorts of like emotional releases so Sometimes when you first bring in an animal into your home, you don't actually see the actual behavior or personality of the pet until much later on. Um, like some of the dogs can get aggressive after a few months because what happens is if they've had some serious trauma um, or some serious use, once they feel safe, then their mind can start processing their old life and their abuse, and they can do things like lash out by biting or snapping, and, and you just kind of have to wait until that subsides. Um, a lot of people give up the pet at that time, but they usually pass it because what's going on is that they're having flashbacks um, or the old memories or they're having nightmares of their yeah. old life. It's like PTSD. They have trauma, you know. They're having their flashbacks of the trauma from their past life. That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. So I always say it's like adopting a child. Like once you adopt someone, is an animal is really important not to overstimulate them and give them downtime for a few weeks or depending on the the amount of trauma, even a few months. I see. Oh, I that's so good to know, and it totally makes sense. It totally mm-hmm. makes sense to me. I think it's important to like tell the animal um, that they are that they have a forever home, and to like imagine their the animal at the house forever. If you end up moving, end up like picture in your head taking the animal with you, so that they know they'll never be abandoned again. That's one of my favorite things to do is tell an animal that they now have a forever home. Because horses get thrown around so much. So if you can tell a horse they have a forever home, because as you can see with both these two horses that we spoke to, they can have such, it depends on what hands they fall into, they can have such different experiences. And it's really not always like 
um, like when people sell horses, they don't always care what home they go to. So it's a really, really scary thing for them. Mm-hmm. And that's like the auctions, when the horses go up for auctions, oh, they're so frightened at what kind of person they're going to get. Oh, my gosh. See, I have no I, – I didn't grow up or live near horses, so I just don't know about horses at all. Uh, okay, let's call Lisa and her husband, Aaron. They have a dog, Chelsea, so I'm going to call them right now, okay? Hello? Yeah, welcome to Pet Psychic Radio. Thank you. Oh, okay, so tell us a little a bit about um, what Chelsea looks like and uh, where you found her and a little bit about her rescue background. Okay, um, Chelsea is a 70-pound um, pit bull mix. Uh, we think that she's part German Shepherd because she has really giant ears. Um, that's probably the first thing that people notice about her, besides being very aggressive looking, <laughs> is that she's got rabbit ears. She's black, um, she's a little bit of white on her toes. So I found her when she was about four months old. I worked at a um, company in Gardena that had a cutting service in Compton, and I was driving out, and I usually make a right-hand turn out of the parking lot, and this one particular day, for some weird reason, I decided to make a left. And right as I did that, I saw these two little puppies under a bush, and both of them had these giant ears sticking out. And I I was just like, oh, they're so cute. So Aaron and I had been talking about wanting to get a dog anyways, and when I saw these two little puppies, I decided that I should try and come back and find out if if they were still around when I got off work. I came back later, and at this point, there were two homeless guys that were trying to catch the puppies. And I had brought hot dogs with me um, to try and lure (laughs) the two dogs over to me, and so we started trying to throw hot dogs <laughs> at, at the dog. And um, they caught Chelsea, and Chelsea was in shock. She was this tiny little puppy that was just, like, laying scared on the sidewalk, and then her, I think it was her brother, who was a brown dog, was running around. They couldn't find, they couldn't catch him. He was, like, running behind the bushes. And I don't think that they had much contact with humans at all, ever. And then this car that was filled with like these like homies <laughs> came rolling up they were wearing sunglasses it was almost like eight o'clock at night in this trans am and they started laughing at us and then that's when i realized um i'm one female in compton surrounded by six strange men i was like i should get the hell out of here so i told one of the homeless guys i said i'll take this dog if that's okay with you and he said sure and he picked her up and he scooped her scooped her up put her into my car and i drove off, and I didn't really think about it too much. I just was like, this is the right thing to do. Anyhow, she threw up garbage in my back seat, and um, that's when I was—I realized that she had really been homeless for a long time. She had all these scars on her belly, like she'd been scratched up a lot. Over the next few days, I just noticed that she was completely not socialized because she, when her personality finally came out and she was out of shock and she started having fun and playing with us, she would nip my feet, and she was she just turned out to be a very aggressive, she had a very aggressive personality, and she was very frightened. If we went on walks and whatnot, she would bark at all these other dogs, and that's kind of where we're at now. It's been a long road, but, yeah, she's... How, how old is she now, and how old was she when you found her? She was four months old when we found her, and she's probably about four years old now. Oh, okay. Yeah. And how long did it take until you saw her personality? I think it was two days. Mm-hmm. At first, she 
couldn't even move at all. She was, she, like, you would plop her down in a laying position, and she would stay there until you pushed her up into a sitting position. She was that scared about her surroundings and what was going on. Well, uh, there's so much more to say to her, but I didn't really, um, I, I just did the basics, or we just sort of got to the basics. Um, she says, you know what, I can listen to what you are saying, and I love my mom and dad. And I get scared that a building may fall on me, or I get scared that people will kick me in the ribs, wondering if I will ever feel safe because when I go outside, I feel such a terrible feeling in my body. Tell them I love when they touch my butt. That supports me. (laughs) Scratching a little of my butt. So she likes, like, her butt scratched. Or, like, you rubbing her butt when she's scared, which is really interesting because dogs hold fear in their hind end, you know, when they tuck that tail and they clamp that tail. So um, it's really interesting that you bringing awareness to that hind end actually makes her feel good. Some of them want to turn around and bite you when you touch the rear. Like, it's sometimes almost safer to touch an aggressive dog in the mouth than it is in the rear end. But she's saying that that helps her. So that's a really good thing to know, that touch grounds her. Okay. Um, good to- yeah, and she says, um, she says, when I was younger and lived on the street, I ate something that was sharp. Men uh-huh. would yell at me and throw things at me because I stole a backpack. I stole it and I ate everything in it. Oh. It looks like some homeless guy's backpack and he ate, she ate, like, all their food. Oh. Um, she says, I love everyone in my house. I'm not scared in my house. Probably just feels more confident at home. I don't think she's scared at home. No, she's, she seems very comfortable here at home. Yeah. Any grass area that has a solid fence around it. So it's like any yard that is completely contained. Mm-hmm. Interesting, too, because it's like it's too hard for her to look at what's in the distance to control what's coming at her. She said, I don't want to be... Um, I don't want to be new people's friends if they don't if they lean a lot. Meaning that if the people bend with their torso, she's nervous of them. And, like h- um, hanging over them when they ha- like when they look over at them. Yeah, it's it looks like I actually see this really tall, thin guy, and he's bending with his torso, and he's she's not even really that close to him, but it's making her nervous. Just the leaning part. You know who that is? It's a really tall, thin guy, and it, he looks like he has, like, brunette hair. Um, oh, there was, um, there was our next-door neighbor, like, a well, two two cottages down. He, But he stayed away from her as much as he could. Yeah, he doesn't live here anymore, but I remember he was about six feet, and he was brunette and really tall and thin. Yeah, every time he walked by the fence, she would bark aggressively at him. Yeah, she didn't like him. Um... And I think one time he just leaned to her to say hi, and she got scared. I don't see see him as being a bad person. Mm-hmm. And then she says, sometimes I cannot breathe, which means her fear is so strong she's holding her breath. Huh. She says, I a lot of scratching down my back. And then I asked her if she was in any pain, because a lot of aggression stems from pain in the body. She says, my left paw sometimes hurts and my neck and down my back. Do you notice anything like that? Uh, we've noticed in the past sometimes her gait is a little bit strange when she's walking, and we thought maybe there was a limp, but definitely her neck 
and her back. It was mostly that she was a puppy, and she said this building fall on her. It looks like something. I don't know if it was like a water fountain or something. It looks like it collapsed, and it scared her. It looked like some type of stone wall or um, something collapsed towards her. Mm-hmm. And um, you're exactly right. There's absolutely no socialization, and she was so fighting for her life that there was no play with her friend. So she said, my mom died by a car, died by a car, and then they ran her over again. It was terrible. Oh, oh. oh terrible. Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, I was wondering how she got separated by it from her mom. Yeah, that's sad. I mean, that would make sense. Like, it's out, yeah. you know. That would make sense why her and her, like, sibling or whatever were homeless alone by themselves. Yeah. Yeah, because she's too cute for anyone to throw out. <laughs> yeah, she definitely is. She's like the, one of the most beautiful dogs. I get stopped all the time when I'm walking her for people yeah. tell me how beautiful she is. Yeah, she's very unique looking with those ears. Yeah. Yeah. And that smile. Yeah, I only wish we would have taken more pictures of her when she was a puppy because she was just so cute. Did you ever walk her with a vest or a pack? Yeah. No, we haven't personally. Yeah, we, oh, with a backpack, yes. With a backpack, yes, yes, yeah. I'm sorry, yes. Yeah, she likes that. She likes that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> she said, I would like to say, I, um, I see the dog they want me to be, and I don't know how to be that way. I feel like maybe I need help to understand movement, which means that it just everything blends together when she's out, so she can't separate things. Then she says, I need medicine. Can they give me medicine to help me? Has that been talk? No, yeah, we, we tried her on medicine for a little while, and we didn't really notice a difference, but maybe we didn't give it long enough. Let me ask her if it was helping her, but it didn't make her worse. Well, we used, no. to, we used to give her Benadryl when it was 4th of July or something because she gets so upset when there's fireworks and thunder that she's mm-hmm. actually a hole in our bedroom wall. And so that was one medicine we gave her. And then we went to the vet and got a prescription that was supposed to be a calming medicine. And um, yeah. he didn't notice very much change. I thought maybe I noticed a little bit, but Aaron said that he couldn't. And then maybe I was just like, oh, okay, well, I guess we'll stop then. Okay, but let yeah. me ask her which medicine it is that she's talking about. Okay. And she says, I think I also need the vest thing. That would help me. Okay. okay. The vest thing. <laughs> so she likes that. Vest. She says, the medicine is the one they gave me every day and said to me, this is going to help you. It's okay if it tastes funny. This is your medicine. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I put it in her cheese. We so. always put it in peanut butter when we gave it to Yeah. Her. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll call then. I'll try that again then. I mean, the really good thing is I've seen some of the dogs get worse on meds. It's really hard to find a good one. How long did you have her on it? Oh, not long. Oh, I think it was maybe a month and a half. We basically yeah, that's gave what you it need to, to give it at least six weeks. Well, we gave, yeah, we gave it yeah. to her until the prescription ran out, and then we just decided not to refill it because, um, I don't know, we just didn't notice anything. But yeah. yeah, I mean, what you have to think about is that, the medicine has to reset the body, kind of take the edge off, and her body's mm-hmm. got to get used to that. And then it's like starting over again. Then you're doing training on top of the medicine. Do you know what I mean? So it's not like you're going to see this, like, huge, these huge results 
the only time you're going to see huge results is the medicine is drugging her. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I'm really happy to hear all this because it's good to, good to find out what's going on in her head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get the book Click to Calm and, and Calming Signals on Talking Terms with Dogs. There's a DVD that you should watch. Okay, cool. Yeah, we'll definitely try it out then. Okay. Well, yeah. thank you guys so much for talking to us. Thank you. This has been really fun and and I hope helpful. Me <laughs> <laughs> too. Thank you so much. Okay, bye. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. All right, so we're going to call Nikki Branch and talk to her about horse rescue today. So let's uh, give Nikki Branch a phone call. Hello. Hi, Nikki. It's I from Pet Psychic Radio and Laura. Laura, are you there? Hi, Nikki. Hi, Laura. Thanks for joining us today. Oh, thank you for having me. So we wanted to ask you a little bit about horse rescue. Can can you tell us a little bit about your organization and what you do and how long you've been around? So I run Falcon Ridge Equine Rescue. We are located in San Diego County, and uh, we rescue horses from all across the country, and right now we're focusing on Southern California. I've been rescuing horses for approximately... 10 years, and we always have at least 50 horses on the property. I believe right now we have uh, close to 60 uh, rescued horses. Wow. We, Are there a lot of horses coming now from foreclosures and people yes. not being able to afford them anymore? Yes. Uh, due to the economy, uh, a lot of people are contacting us, um, asking us to take their horses. They have no place else they can take them. Um, the Pound and Humane Societies cannot take healthy um, horses from people, so they just have nowhere to turn, and they mm-hmm. ask us to take them, and we find them new new homes. I didn't realize how common this is, but this happens a lot, right? Yes, it's happening uh, all across the country, and the, the rescues are doing all that they can. Um, most of them are overwhelmed and, and full. Um, and so we're now counseling people to try to, you know, place your horses yourself, try to sell your horse or place it with somebody you know so it will be safe um, until you can, you know, like I said, get back on your feet. So. And and what happens to these horses if they can't be put somewhere? Well, uh, unfortunately, sometimes the horses can be at risk. Um, they can be picked up by dealers who take horses to auction, and then they send them out of country to either Mexico or Canada for, for slaughter. So they can be placed at risk if you don't know who you're giving your horse to free off of Craigslist. So we advise people to screen carefully. There are plenty of homes, people looking for horses, uh, you know, and rather than purchase one from a breeder, they're now looking to... You know, I call it adopt a pound horse, <laughs> um, and looking to rescues instead of going to breeders. So there are plenty of people out there who are doing well and can afford a horse. We just match them up. I see. And then where do where could they contact you? Um, on our website, it's uh, com backslash Falcon Ridge, or the easiest way is just to Google Falcon Ridge Equine Rescue, and you will be sent to our website. Great. Yeah, so, Nikki, with these horses, right, I think it's important for people to know that not all of them are old or um, cannot be ridden. Is that correct when I say that? Correct, yes. A lot of these are perfectly wonderful, 
healthy, young, um, beautiful riding horses. Those we've been getting a lot lately, and um, they're very easily adoptable. And our adoption fees range, you know, from five to eight hundred dollars for those types of horses. So people can get those versus paying, you know, two to three thousand dollars for a good riding horse. We have. Oh. perfectly wonderful horses for adoption. Mm, that's nice. Is there anything else that you can think of that um, that people should know about horse rescue or about your facility? Well, essentially, you know, realize that these horses aren't, um, a lot of times people think we have, you know, uh, old, crippled, blind, and lame horses. And actually, I don't think we have any of those at the moment. So, um, oh, wow. there's a con- yeah, there's a negative connotation out there about rescued horses, and so I want to change that to say, you know, they're just horses. And then, what's your policy if people get the horses home and then the horses don't work out for them? Do you take them back? Um, yes, we do. As long as it's um, an acceptable thing, um, we definitely screen. We want these horses to go to families for life, uh, just like people have a dog and cat for life. We want the horses to be also a family member and considered a family pet. And so we scream pretty carefully to make sure that doesn't happen. However, if something happens, the horse changes its personality or, like I like to say, the horse doesn't like where it's at, it will um, possibly act up, and I allow the horse to do that when it leaves. And if it does do that, then we uh, then we will take the, the horse back. Let's talk to one of your horses. Who would you like to talk to? I know you sent me two pictures. I would think uh, Nora. Uh, that's the thoroughbred mare that was found loose running in the streets of Los Angeles. Um, wow. We, yeah, on New Year's Eve. Wow. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about that? She was in the news. Um, her, she was a bay thoroughbred mare, and uh, then there was a little white Arabian gelding, and they were turned. Somebody turned them loose on New Year's Eve in in Los Angeles. So they were running on the streets. They were picked up. Uh, the police called Animal Control. I believe they were on the news. Um, they were kept at Animal Control for um, a few months, and nobody claimed them. Nobody wanted them. Um, nobody wanted to adopt them. So I I brought them down to San Diego so that they wouldn't be euthanized. Uh, Nick has been successfully adopted. Um, and, but Nora has has not yet, so I would just like to know about her past, her history. You know, if if she could tell us what she went through. She was thin um, when they picked her up, um, but she gained weight quickly. So she's uh, about a 16 hand base thoroughbred mare. Okay, let me tell you what she she said. Okay. She said, you know what happened to me? My people got poor and they ran out of hay. And my dad said, let's just drop her off somewhere and get, and someone will get them. And my mom uh, said no and hit my dad. And my dad put us in the trailer and my mom was screaming at him. He said, I had a lovely home before. Our people really loved us and was very upset when our feet were getting bad and I hurt my leg. My front left. And my mom okay. felt really sad that she could not help me. And then she said, they know where I am. They have been following us. She says that her old person said an angel is watching over me. The day when I was running in the streets, I thought this is the scariest thing that I have ever been through. We were really stressed. I still get a little upset when I see cars close because of it. Cars close make me nervous. But I love this nature. Wow. 
Yeah. Did she have anything going on with her front left? You notice? Um, well, she was at animal control for, I think, two months. So she oh, might wow. have. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And so how was her temperament? Was she really sweet with people? Because it looks like she had some people that really loved her. Yes, yes. She is pretty, she is very, very sweet. She says, the reason I haven't been adopted is because I don't want to be. I already had a great home and it didn't work out, so I should stay where I can stay forever no matter what. These people won't go poor. They have more hay than I have ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's what yours. (laughs) She doesn't want to leave. Is is that your point? (laughs) Yes. What should I tell her? I mean, I should tell her that she could always come back there, and so that but your your mission is to find her a forever home. And right. so if she if she can come back, uh huh, if something happens to her people, yeah, okay. So she has a fear that she might be placed in jeopardy again. Is that it? Yeah, and that because she feels like she had good people that really loved her, and that she couldn't imagine that this would happen to her. And then, and then it did happen to her, and so that's like it's not like she had a bad home, and then this happened. Right. A good home, and then it happened. So it's really mm-hmm. scary. Mhm. Okay. Yeah, I can understand that. Uh, people have, I think, people have not really um, asked about her, uh, probably due to her age. We don't know her age. We said in the twenties, I think, on the website. Um. And I think she has a tattoo on her upper lip, which means she raced, but we can't um, read it at all. And to our listeners, if anyone is looking to rescue a horse, make sure to contact Nikki. And are there pictures or anything like that on your website? Yes. If you click Mm -hmm. on the available Mm -hmm. horses, you'll go to our adoptable. Okay, yeah. Check out Nora looking for a home. Okay. Um... She said that she raced really fast and that she was good at it. And she said, the man that started me was so kind. He loved horses, learning the right way. And then she said she only had one home after the races. She said she tripped in in the race, and my owners were, um, and her owners while she was racing were like, she's out of here. Like, meaning, like, she tripped during a race, and then her present owners didn't want her anymore. And she said, and then I found my mom as I was leaving the races. Mm-hmm. So it was like she, um, somebody got her right when she left their race that she was, that she tripped. Mm-hmm. She said, it was great, and I always felt safe. Okay. And then I said, well, it sounds like they were such good people. How come, you know, they let you out on the street like that. And she says, you know what? They were desperate, and they were going to have not a home. So it looks like they lost wherever they were. They had to be out of their home the next day. It was probably like January 1st. What are some some things that people can do who have tried everything to get their horses into a rescue and everything's been full and they need to get rid of their horse? Because I know a lot of these horses get dumped. So they have to plan way in advance and... Um, so getting on a bunch of these blogs, like your blog and maybe a few others, like what what are some of the things that people can do? One thing I encourage people to do is uh, ask around, ask that you, in your neighborhood. I'm sure there's some young teenage girl that would love to take care of your horse that could possibly mm-hmm. 
feed lease it or something, or another adult who would, you know, like to have a horse and work with it. And so I think just putting an ad, I tell people to put, place an ad on Craigslist saying exactly what you want. Uh, you can invite people to come to your facility, your home, uh, work with your horse, ride your horse, feed it, and, you know, that way they can, they can have a horse and they're helping, you know, the, the horse owner out at the same time to share mm, the cost. Yeah. yeah. I think um, people don't or, even know what they want. They don't even think that that maybe is even an option. Yeah, like they don't see the their possibility. <laughs> so there was one woman that uh, had her horses had no training, and so it was difficult to place them. And I said, place an ad for that you're looking for somebody to come in and train your horses and work with them. And she found a lady, you know, locally nearby, and who's now working with her horses, and and together they will place them. So uh, I just tell people to write down exactly what you want or need, and be specific mm-hmm. and screen, obviously. And you can you can be proactive and find the situation that you want. Thank, thank you so much. <laughs> well, thank you so much for for calling and and talking about um, horses needing rescue and talking to Nora. That was wonderful to find out about. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for joining us. All righty, and I will go outside right now and tell Nora that I heard about her previous <laughs> owners and what happened. And. Uh, <laughs> All right, Nikki, we'll talk soon. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you, Nikki. Okay, bye-bye. So that's NikkiBranch.com, N-I-C-K-I Branch, B-R-A-N-C-H.com, slash Falcon Ridge, F-A-L-C-O-N-R-I-D-G-E. And I think it's important to put the slash and Falcon Ridge because I tried to put in Nikki Branch and got to some other person. Okay. Well, that was cool. I didn't. I mean, I really don't know anything about horses. I didn't grow up in a horse kind of community, so I don't know anything about it. And you know, I'm an animal rescue activist, and it's. I think it's good to get the word out there for just people who don't even ride horses. I mean, we could donate or advocate these um, these rescue places. Yeah, I agree. I, I think uh, it's important to get the news out there. Yeah. Did you were did you grow up riding horses? I did. I grew up on a on a horse farm and we had like a I think a nine stall barn. So, you know, I grew up just being able to walk down to the barn and get on whenever I felt like it. It was really really a wonderful situation. Well, I guess it's the end of the show now. Thanks for listening everyone. Thanks for listening. For more information on Laura Finchfield, the pet psychic, go to www.thepetpsychic.com. That's www.thepetpsychic.com. We'll be back next week on Thursday, uh, 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for a live show. Get your questions ready and call us then. Our call-in number is 917-889-2693. That's 917-889-2693. Call that number next week, and we will get to your questions. Thank you so much for listening.